No, go ahead, talk. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. No. Do it. No. Do it. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. The WordBros.com. Oh, I, I wasn't sure what we were doing. Like, are you redoing it? No, we're just gonna record the intro. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. Yeah. Oh, we're, we're already going. Okay. Well. Yeah. Welcome to another. We started, Kevin. Uh, we well, again, you started without me. Um, <laughs> a fantastic episode of Word Bros. <laughs> but let's start over. That's my fault. Oh, Why? It's, it's not a problem. There's no okay. reason to start over. Uh, I don't feel like editing any of that stuff. We're good. You're yeah, going to just leave it in there? Yeah, it's fine. People like that kind of stuff. You know, at the end of the movies where they show the bloopers and stuff and everybody laughs because Jim Carrey said something silly. They forgot a line or whatever. It's, it happens all the time, man. It's not a big deal. It's, it's, it was, the, it's the fart noise as a podcast. Right yeah, now. it was actually my fault because I recorded the last part on the cloud, but I can still get it. So it's not a big deal. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just not on my computer. It's in the cloud. And I know that doesn't mean anything to you because you don't know anything about computer machines. I know um, a little bit. I yeah, know what you're saying. Yeah. So it's floating around on the Zoom site and I can go there and download that one little piece of audio. Oh, but that, yeah. Because when you hit record on Zoom, it says record on this computer, record on the cloud. But your cloud space is limited by the amount of stuff you have on my computer, I can just record whatever I want. And I, okay. I, there's no lack of space. I just have to download everything after it's done. I'm really explaining Zoom to our listeners. And I swear to God, this episode is not brought to you by Zoom, I, I promise. But if it were, and Zoom were free for us, I mean, that would be better. I wouldn't complain. Yes, neither would I. Who's, and who are our guests this week, Kevin? It is Matt Sumo. Yes. And Pete Collins. And they're yeah. here to talk to us about... They're TTPRPG, TTPRPG. Tabletop role-playing game. Yes. Inspired comic called The Bardic Versus. So if you like D&D and you like comics and you like Phil Collins and John Favreau, then this book is for you. <laughs> <laughs> If you can see this, actually, I'm not even. Do you want me to put this on Twitch? Do you want me to Twitch yeah, stream Twitch. this? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, here, let me let me do this. This will take a second here. Um, so yes, we have Matt and Pete from the Bardic Verses, and if you're looking at Matt's background, it's really trippy. It, it's it's <laughs> fucking with my head. Listen, I can unblur it, dude. It's not uh, a problem. You know, you also look like you know when someone comes out of a sporting event in 4K. <laughs> that's what it looks like it looks like you're in 4k it's kind of fun like i feel like i'm on the field with you and you're gonna tell me about comics and stuff and now you're sideways i don't know what i did all i did was turn off the background and it fucked everything up damn it <laughs> i didn't do anything i was just saying that 
<laughs> you looked like uh like 4K. There you go. Now it's normal. Matt was Is in 4K. It, it still looks, it, it's all oh, here we no, go. it looks normal. Boom. Here we go. Let me um <laughs> let me put this on the Twizzitch real fast. <laughs> I appreciate you guys and your patience. Yeah, dude. Um, here we go. Go live. I got to change the thing real quick. We can, we're, we're on Twitch right now. So hello to all of our Twitch viewers. If anyone is watching this on Twitch, the word bros do interviews every Wednesday, every Tuesday at 945 PM Eastern standard time. So and today we are talking to two very awesome fellows, Matt Sumo and Pete Collins, and they are the creative team behind the book, the Bardic Verses. the Bardic versus well i like that i like you like sexified it well you know man i mean it sounds it sounds kind of sexy though doesn't it like it's got like a sexy vibe to it is it it a sexy book is it a sexy book it can Uh, be yeah i would would say so i think it's it's a little sexy there's some sexy in there there's There's a a tango there's a tango yeah yes he drew i made pete draw a tango scene and he knocked it out of the park. How did that know? Did you have to know how to tango in order to do that? Like, that seems difficult. <laughs> uh, it, I, I watched a lot of videos on the tango to, to, to get that one down, dude. Did you watch it, the last tango in Paris? Like, is did you watch that? Isn't that a sexy no, movie? No, but it feels like a missed opportunity. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that, <laughs> heard that movie's pretty sexy. Uh, it's going on the list. All right. <laughs> Now tell us what the Bardic Versus is about besides being sexy and having... Is there anything else besides moves? being sexy, Kevin? I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, that's all it needs. I'm not saying it needs more, but like somebody else other than us might need more, Bob, and, and that's why we're here to talk to these fair two enough, gentlemen. Fair enough. Um, so to answer your question, Bardic Versus is about uh, a bard character, a musician slash storyteller, um, kind of dealing with the fact that he comes from a long line of warriors and sort of him like shirking that uh, that legacy and dealing with the fact that, you know, he just wants to be a bard and he goes on all, the, all of these adventure, adventures where he's essentially like an NPC and dealing with that, like, you know, um, that whole thing. But the cool thing um, about the book is it's sort of like an anthology. So we basically looked at it like he, he starts the, the book at a bar. He's playing a set list. Uh, the set list are the different um, adventures that he goes on. And each adventure is drawn in a different style, all by Pete. Um, but you find out that they're all kind of connected. They all link together and they all form one um, cohesive story. But they can be enjoyed on their own as well. That's cool. Like That's awesome. So it's like the uh, like the Conan stories. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Now, are you a big fan of like those kind of like Eldrick Conan kind of those stories like that? Yeah. So this is kind of, we, we like to call it, it's like our love letter to um, comics, uh, tabletop RPGs and sword and sorcery nice. uh, type books. There you yeah. go. That sounds wonderful. Now, now how did you guys hook up Pete? How did you and Matt, have you guys known each other for a long time? Had you been an admirer of his work? How did this work out? Um, no, not, 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 not really. Like our, our story is pretty, pretty Word? short. So and you recent, were like, man. I don't even know that dude. Fuck that guy. Yeah, like, well, that no, was- I was like, <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Thanks for the page rate, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got, we've got, um, you know, we have the same, the same, uh, employer at our day job. 
Uh, That's I, cool. Yeah. Um, I, I was hearing other coworkers like, hey, there's this guy, Matt. You should get in touch with him. You should talk with him. Uh, you know, he, he wrote some comics and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool, you know, and uh, likewise, he was um, seeing little like pictures or like, do, you know, scratchy little doodles I would do during meetings and like hand off to coworkers. And he's like, well, who, who's who's the artist here? Who's drawing? And then it all kind of like culminated at our um, at like the uh, the Christmas party we had that year where we finally like connected and then okay. it just steamrolled from there um, was it like a diehard christmas party like were you guys stuck in like a shaft together I, and like I crawling through and like wish. that would have been so much more cool you, you killed a guy with a piece of glass and was like ho 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 now i have a machine gun yeah i yelled out yippee kaye mr falcon <laughs> <That's cool. laughs> it's the it's the uh, made for tv version there you go i love it <laughs> mr falcon <laughs> <laughs> So are, are you guys both tabletop role players or is that just one of you or how does that work? Uh, I, I played Dungeons and Dragons for a long time. I, I haven't played recently. Uh, I've been kind of out of the loop for the last couple of years, but um, I, I played religiously from like the mid nineties up until like, you know, 2003, 2004. So what was that? Uh, 3.5? Uh, actually, I, I, I cut my teeth on, uh, on second edition nice uh, so like when 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 third edition came out i was like nah, i'm not playing that crap i'm not no nah, come on it's like it's like a video it's like a video game why does everybody have spiky shoulder pads you know so it was um you know so um, it's, it's funny that every role player says that about every new version yeah. of D that comes out i'm not playing three that's stupid i'm not playing 3.5 yeah. screw that i'm not playing fourth but i don't think anybody actually did play fourth but me and no. i'm not playing fifth edition pshaw <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> so much fun. I, I i did get into fifth edition um my my brother threw something together one night we just kind of just ran with it. And you know, I got to say, it's a pretty good system. Yeah, you know, I, I don't yeah. have anything. I don't have anything bad to say about it. Really. You know, there's, there's, there's some things where I kind of like, you know, go back to like, man, I really loved it. advanced yeah. Dungeons and Dragons, but it's, it's so good. So that's awesome, yeah. dude. I dig that. But what- uh, I do not D and D. Um, Pete is our resident D and D player. That's so, so interesting. That, and, and I'm not trying to gatekeep or anything, but it's interesting that like you're doing this book about a bard uh, and, and, and it's a love letter to tabletop world, but you don't even play. So that's, that's really interesting. So how did you kind of get involved in this whole world? And, 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 and hopefully you make bards awesome because I'm a big fan Bobby of playing bards. bards, obviously, because look at me. Nice. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're all, because we're all bards essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it, it's always a couple different things. One of them was um, the Witcher TV show and the Bard character in there. And I was like, okay. this guy's cool. Like, you know, he's kind of like the comic relief and like, you know, uh, Geralt really doesn't like him. Like it, it, it was a cool character. And then Pete and I got to talking and he was telling me that when he used to play D&D, he would play Bard characters. And we we're just talking about how like they're sort of, you know, the underdogs right they're the the characters that no one plays and because of that reason right they're storytellers they have some like mystical abilities but nothing too crazy so i was just kind of obsessed of like taking this character giving you know um giving him uh like a fun backstory and just letting him kind of do his thing you know what i mean like sort of be involved in adventures but not be the the like the guy throwing punches and and flexing and using swords and stuff like he uses creative ways to get out of of jams so um 
I don't know. It's, it's been a lot of fun. Um, and it's really, to be honest, like it's really opened my eyes to, to wanting to get into D and D and do all that sort of stuff. So I think down the road, we might do something, uh, in the book We're we're working on like, um, character sheets for some of the characters that are going cool. to be included in like the back matter. Yeah. So that's, that's been awesome. really cool to see. That's awesome. Now, um, it says here, cause I'm looking at your Kickstarter page right now and I just clicked notify me on launch. Boom. So nice. I will be emailed when the project launches so I can be one Thank of the first you. backers. It says here that, um, yeah, you, when do you guys plan on launching this thing? This is an upcoming project here. Yeah, so uh, September 8th is when we're going to uh, launch. Okay, we're gonna, okay. We're going to wrap it up right um, right after New York Comic Con, which hopefully might still be a thing. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm crying. Are, are, you, are you going? Did you get your pass or whatever? Yeah, I'm going to go as a, as a civilian, like just walking around. Um, I'm not tabling this year because I have like nothing to table with, but okay. um, because I have like no stock of anything, but uh, that's yeah, a good, I'll probably, you know I'll what, probably though, be man? there on like Saturday. That's a good problem to have, bro. You got nothing to sell because yeah. you've done sold all that shit, baby. It's all gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Now, what about you, Pete? Are you doing NYCCCCC? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the plan is to go with Matt, and we're gonna do kind of like a like a street team, uh, you know. Uh, approach to the convention you know we're, cool. we're getting in like bookmarks and all this kind of stuff just to hand out you know um but yeah that's that's the plan that's, that's awesome the plan that's a really good plan now what's the likelihood that you think nycc is going to happen because i i got a pro badge so i bought my plane tickets to fly in from cincinnati direct to i think i'm flying into jersey because it was cheaper um mm-hmm. but like i don't i want it to happen but yeah yeah i mean i I don't know to be honest like just looking at the map like we're still we're still okay here in in new york but covid cases are on the rise so like as soon as like another major city starts locking people down we'll be right after them i i'd like to think that we'll get our act together to have it but i don't i really don't know it's so it's you know we still have so much time I saw on the news today, I can't believe we're talking about current events here on WordPress, that um, <laughs> the FDA approved the Pfizer vaccination. So maybe yeah. my wife and I were talking, maybe that will lead knuckleheads that weren't sure about the vaccine, the vaccine to get vaccinated. But at the same time, I doubt it. But it's wishful thinking on my part, you know? Yeah. Much, yeah, much like is. Much like running a Kickstarter sometimes is could be can be wishful thinking. Now, <laughs> is it ever? Yeah. Is, nice, is it nice segue, by the way? Hey, no problem. Now, it right back. now let yeah. me ask you the question about the Kickstarter. Like, how you feeling? Like, is this your first campaign? Uh, Phil is. Uh, excuse me, Phil. Uh, I, I called you Phil Collins because, of course, I did. Uh, <laughs> you would not believe how often I get that. Because I all looked, the time. I looked down and credit, I. He, he felt it coming in the air tonight. Well, if, we're gonna, if we're gonna do these jokes, <laughs> if we're gonna if we're gonna joke about this, like I, I feel a definite John Favreau vibe coming from you, Matt. You've got like I feel like you're gonna like tell me about the Mandalorian, and then like and then like Vince Vaughn's gonna come out and like you're gonna be like you're you're so money right now. You're so money. You are so money, Pete. That's how the, that's how you guys have to approach it. He yeah. is. He is money. <laughs> yeah because i just glanced down at my notes real quick and i saw p collins so i was like it's got to be phil right like that's just it's just gotta be like it's gotta be phil collins, p. collins. Like, yeah. dude i no get, I get required 
Dude, I get I get work emails all the time when people are like, "Hey, Phil, how are you? I've got to talk to you about blah blah blah." And it's like, it's it's just the worst thing. And I'll like, you know, I'll passively aggressively like, you know, bold and italicize my name at the bottom of the response. Just so it's you should just respond with like lyrics, like Sissy yeah. Studio. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, and exactly. then and then and then be like. That's your response. You just put that there and like the <laughs> lyrics to, to that song. Because like none of none of the lyrics to any of the songs that Phil Collins does really make sense except for in the air tonight. Which is a great song. Yeah, it is. It is. It but is. I mean Pete, the studio doesn't make sense. Pete, what's your favorite Phil Collins song? Well, I guess it is I guess it is in the air tonight, right? Yeah. Do you listen I, to do you listen to Genesis at all? Have you a Genesis guy? Uh, I'm not a Genesis guy. Uh, I, I'm familiar you, enough with Genesis. Can you dance besides <laughs> drawing the tango? Because there's an I can't dance song that Phil Collins did. Uh, Genesis no, had, no, Gen- I can't. No, Genesis I can't. had some hits back in the day, though. Like back in the like late '80s, they had some they had some pretty good songs. Genesis. Well, I can't think yeah. of any of them except. Well, that wasn't Genesis. That was Mike and the Mechanics. That one about like that's got the weird piano like keyboard in it. You know that, that's not end of the year. I, I know. It's yeah, I can hear you running. That. Can you can you hear me running? Can you hear me calling? I don't know the name of the song. Yeah, I don't know. No. But they had uh, what? They had the land of confusion that had all the oh, weird puppets yes. in it. That With was the a puppets. Good that's a good one. Yeah, yeah that's yes. a good one. And I mean, fucking, uh, what's his face was in um, the guy with the boombox and say anything. Uh, John Gabriel. Peter, Peter Gabriel. <laughs> I just uh, that's, <laughs> he was in Genesis. Yeah, he was the in Genesis. Yeah. No, I think he was in Genesis the same time, but then he left, and Phil Collins became the singer dude. He was just the drummer back then, I think. Yeah, I think I you're know. right. Uh, this conversation has really devolved into yeah. complete ridiculousness. Well, if we got to go yeah. down this road, we are going to go down this road. Matt, um, what's your favorite John Favreau movie? <laughs> oh, man. Um, <laughs> I'm going to cheat and say Iron Man. Okay. Um, I mean, it's fair. Yeah, it's pretty good. But if it, if we can't, if I can't use an MCU movie, I would say uh, probably Made. Oh, classic! Classic. Peter Falk is so great in that film. Like I, man, there are times where I'll just hop on YouTube and watch Peter Falk scene (laughs) in Made just to laugh my ass off because it's so. So And like, and a lot of it's improv, and you can see if you watch Favreau, like he's trying so hard not to laugh (laughs) at Vince Vaughn getting yelled at by Columbo. It's amazing. (laughs) So wonderful. (laughs) Now I totally forgot what my question was, Pete. So let's it's just all good. let's just move on. Let's it's just good. let's just keep moving. Okay, so so Matt, you've done comics in the past. Uh, Pete, have you ever done any? Like, is this your first comic work, or how much have you done uh, previously before this? Uh, um, virtually nothing. Really? Um, I, yeah, I did a I did a pinup for uh, an anthology called uh, Kayfabe. Um, okay, uh, that was the that was that's what got my feet wet. You know, um, seeing that in print for the first time kind of jolted me to realizing like, hey, this is something I can do. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I uh, it was always the plan, you know, when I was younger to to try and, you know, um, try and illustrate a comic. Um, but it, at the same time, you know, life throws you some curveballs and you, you just kind of roll with it. And it, I kind of parked that for a while. And, um, you know, when Matt and I met, he he was working on that anthology and uh said hey i think they're looking for some pinups is that something you'd be interested in i said sure 
um it got printed and that that was it man uh, seeing seeing it printed total game changer yeah now yeah. as a first time comic artist like what were some of the challenges that you felt like you had to overcome was it difficult to like tell a story and then matt you could kind of piggyback that like how did you handle panel descriptions and things of that nature with a first-time artist did you find yourself overwriting them because you wanted to make sure pete kind of got everything or um i i didn't i i don't know it's it's weird i mean there were certainly like hurdles um you know learning how to draw um and and to to consider your bleed and all that kind of stuff right like it's not something i'm accustomed to doing i'm used to drawing on a piece of paper or on my tablet and it, it, it is what it is, right? Like the, yeah, very much so. when, <laughs> when you start considering like, you know, where your, uh, where your boundaries are for printing purposes, that gets a little funky. Um, uh, with the Bardic Versus, I transitioned to digital for the whole thing. Oh, okay. And it's, um, you know, that, that, that introduces some, some math like aspects where you have to consider like, you know, uh, what are, what's your DPI, what's your size, you know, all these kind of things. Um, you know, so that that was a bit of a learning curve, um, which I think I'm, I've, I've kind of gotten beyond. Um, the biggest challenge I ran into uh, artistically, though, was, you know, we, Matt and I, you know, made the decision that every time um, our, our bard sings a song and tells a story with that, we were going to approach it from different artistic styles. You know, so every every section of the book is different so that's crazy you know so there there's there's some frank miller there's some rob liefeld there's some bill watterson there's you know there's all these different influences that we're pulling from so on top of having to train myself to use a you know a tablet to draw instead of pen and paper i'm also kind of training myself to draw like other people uh-huh um, and it, interestingly enough, as we got toward the end of the end of the book, um, we had to go back and, you know, redo a couple of the first pages because I started doing it sequ- like true sequential, you know, page one, page two, etc. And as I kept ping ponging in and out of different people's styles, I was picking up some good habits that I didn't have before. I was well, picking up some good. bad habits for sure. Like well, I was picking bad. up bad, bad shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, so I had to go back and redo like the first three, four pages. Wow. Um, you know, but it was awesome. It was a great experience. It sounds like a very challenging thing to do though, because like you're doing your fir- your first book, but then you're doing your first book in four or five different styles. That sounds like quite a quite a quite a task but it seems like you you enjoyed it and you were up to it yeah um i i like to i like to be challenged you know um and this was certainly a challenge um so yeah i i i loved it i loved that's awesome now matt my question was like did you find yourself like over describing panels and things of that nature to try to help uh pete along not really. Um, I mean, in the beginning, I think my panels were like when we, so we, we did like the first uh, five pages, which is essentially the intro to the book, the intro to, to the bard character and his father and where he comes from and all that stuff. Uh, I think in that, like my panel descriptions were like pretty, uh, not, not lengthy, but like a normal length. 
And then after that, it was super loose. I was just like, hey, like in this panel, I just need this and this to happen. And okay. then I just, you know, I think we found a groove. Um, the good thing about this, again, like Pete had said, you know, we we do, you know, I, I, we're in communication constantly. So like, he'll, you know, I'll, I'll send him a script and he'll be like, hey, like, what if we did this and this on the page and we kind of talk it out and then, you know, it just goes from there. So it's, awesome. it's been like, yeah, we were in constant communication. So we were adjusting parts of the book, like on the fly. I mean, the other day I literally sent him like a John Madden-esque like, uh, <laughs> like, like map of what I wanted to do with a page, a four That's panel cool. page, you know? That's awesome. So it's, yeah, we, 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 we're constantly chatting and bouncing ideas off each other. I'm pretty lucky in that regard where, you know, he lets me just kind of roam wild. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, part of being a good comic writer, I think Kevin and I have found out is sometimes just getting out of the way. Yeah, that's a, I feel the same way. I think you, you get your best work out of artists when you're just like, hey, like, what do you want to draw? And like, you know, this script, like outside of like the dialogue and the, the important beats is like a loose guideline. You know, as long as we get from point A to point B, like, I don't give a shit what happens in the middle, like, go nuts. That's I always tell Pete, I'm like, hey, you want to do something? Go nuts. Like, as long as we hit these beats, it, you know, like the rest of it is gravy. Now, when when you do it that way, do you write the dialogue beforehand, or do you wait till Pete has already finished the page to like go back in? It's it's a little of both. So I'll write the dialogue beforehand, but I will adjust. Like if he if he's like, hey, like I want to add a panel to this, or I want to like you know I want to blow this scene out a little bit, then I'll I'll go back in and and like retool it. I, I always say that like don't worry about me because I can fit the dialogue to your panels. So you know we can we can figure that out after the fact. Like if you want to add something to a page or subtract something, like I can, I can work around it. Okay. And you said you guys started working together with like the kayfabe thing, which was, I think Micah Myers did that, which was a wrestling anthology. Yep. Did you guys, are you wrestling fans? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Big time. Ooh, that's cool. Like, so um, did you see CM Punk come back on uh, Friday night? Listen, I don't want to say that I almost left, but <laughs> um, yeah, it was. I'm a huge CM Punk mark, so like for me, it was like Christmas. Um, you know, obviously, I read the dirt sheets, so I, I kind of knew it was happening. I think it's like the worst. It was the worst kept secret in in professional wrestling, but um, it was just like something. You know, you no matter how many people had said it was going to happen you still wouldn't you didn't believe it and i didn't part, believe it i felt the same way the part of <laughs> me part of me felt like because as we all know cm punk is a massive troll and he's very good at doing it and part of me was thinking like but what if he doesn't show up like it it didn't right. seem out of the realm of possibilities for him just to be like no i'm not going yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> no i'm good i'm good so you were into it um Peter, are you a CM Punk dude? Are you a wrestling fan or not? Yeah, I, I, I will openly disclose that I went through half a box of Kleenex uh, in the first 30 <laughs> minutes of that show. Um, and, uh, and I've since watched uh, that clip probably a million times over. That's so funny because um, I did the same thing. I went back. As soon as Rampage was over, I went back and watched CM Punk's promo again. I was like, I just want to see it again because it was that good. You know, it's still there's one so good. There was one part, one part, my brother, my brother called it out. Right. And that's, uh, there's one part about halfway through the crowds just going nuts and he just held out his hand and he just lowered it like six inches and the whole crowd just watch it. You'll see it. He just lowers his hand and the whole crowd stops. 
Dude, he got a pop for it's sitting like, crisscross applesauce. Yeah, like, when right. he went and sat down, they went, yay! Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> it was really fun. Are you going to buy the new T-shirts? Are you buying the already, new shirt? I already did. Let me tell you, Bob, Bob, let me tell you something. First of all, I was on Pro Wrestling Tees immediately following that segment. It and it broken. crashed. Yeah, yeah, it crashed. Yes. It didn't go. It didn't go back up until the morning, and I had to buy. I so I bought the the ringer shirt. I bought the flag, and I bought two stickers off of the shop AEW site, okay, which is okay. a sister site to yeah, 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 yeah. And then I went back and bought like the premium T shirt. So That's I now awesome. I have two shirts coming. That's I'm cool. a maniac. <laughs> you know, I want to get my I want to get mine and my son wants his CM Punk shirt too. Even though he's he has no idea who CM Punk is. My son is eight. <laughs> CM Punk stopped wrestling when he was one. But my son watched this with me and was like, "This is amazing!" Like he was just into it because <laughs> the guy had complete control over fifteen thousand people. Like it was yeah, it was it was fantastic. The crowd was so loud when he first came out, you couldn't even hear the cult of personality music. Yeah. Oh no, There's, you couldn't. You couldn't hear. Let, it. Let's. Has there ever been? I know there's been like major pops, like when Triple H came back from injury that one time at MSG. Has there ever been a pop like that? No, ever. No. Well, I mean, here's the thing: all three of you are going to boo me, but I wasn't watching wrestling when CM Punk got big in WWE. I had stopped watching wrestling as soon as that invasion storyline ended in WWE. I was like, they're just going to do whatever the hell they want to, and I'm not like really into it. And the funny thing was, Bob and Kyle were both saying dude, you have to see this. You have to see this promo he did. So I, I watched the pipe bomb promo and I was like, he just said everything I felt about WWE back then, basically in his pipe. Like, that's how I felt. That's why I stopped watching. Cause I was like, well, if I have to vote with my dollars, I'm just not going to watch. Cause like, you're not doing anything interesting really. And like, he said all of that and then some, and then when he came out on AEW, I was like, this is like literally the third time I've seen the guy because I stopped watching during the invasion promo um, and all that stuff. And now I was like, well, he said all this stuff that I felt. And then he comes out and, and comes out to this massive pop. I'm already kind of a fan. So when, when I get to see him wrestle for the first time in AEW, I'm pretty sure I'll be on the same page as you guys. But it mm -hmm. was really tough for me because I was like, I don't know. I've never seen the guy wrestle. Bobby and Kyle were losing their minds. He's amazing. <laughs> I, I'm just saying I, I never saw it really I would recommend going back WWE put out two things Ring of Honor put out a set called the Summer of Punk which is like kind of the uh, parallel like to his run in WWE they're sort of very similar um, that's really good but WWE put out a doc about him called Best in the World which is really good it, it, it goes through his entire run um, from basically from start to finish because he left like shortly after that doc came out um, but it's really good. Like it gives you a good sense of his character of the person that he is and gives you like basically all of the highlights. That's cool. I'll have to check That's that amazing. Out. Um, so. yeah. Did you, did you guys watch SummerSlam at all? I tried. <laughs> I watched like bits and pieces of it. I, I, I don't know, man. WWE like rubs me the wrong way recently. Yeah. I watched, I saw, I started watching it right when Becky Lynch came back and it was amazing to me that that WWE in a matter of 26 seconds managed to bury Bianca Belair and ruin uh, Becky Lynch's return in 26 seconds. Like they, yeah. like the unfuck <laughs> yeah. they fucked up in 26 seconds. It was amazing. That's, it was like, 
That's what they do, yeah. though. They yeah. always do that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't even watch their product anymore. So, like, I had stopped, and then I, like, every now and then, right before um, AEW comes and tunes on the TV, SmackDown will be on. So I'll be like trying to watch it, and I'll be like, "This isn't even really wrestling. These are like no. people who want to be on TikTok cutting promos about wrestling. <laughs> That's what it feels like. Like I'm like, this doesn't yeah. even feel like wrestling to me. And then I watch AEW, and I'm like, this is what wrestling is supposed to feel like." So I don't know if everybody yeah. else feels that way, but that's just what I always think. I go, well, dude, yeah, totally, I totally, totally feel that way. I think, I think, I think WWE is is more concerned about the pageantry than they are the actual product. They're worried you know, about they, they're worried about their stockholders. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the yeah. end of the day, you but, know, yeah. I mean, the amount of cuts that they've they they've made in the last year, some of them make zero sense to me, and it's like, you know, it just it just seems like. It seems like they're truly captainless, right? Right. Sure, Vince McMahon's at the top. He's, you know, he's the all-seeing, all-knowing, final, you know, decision maker. But you know, he's out of touch, I think. And you know, the people that are in touch aren't allowed to be vocal to a point that matters. You know, it's uh, over the last year, I find myself drifting farther and farther away from from the product. Yeah, that's interesting, and, that, and that's weird because Bobby got me into NXT because Bobby was saying at the time he's like, you should watch NXT. I started watching NXT. And they had Alistair Black on there, and who is now Malachi Black in eight for in AEW. For those of you that don't know, and like I love that guy, and I was like, this guy's amazing. Yeah. Like he he should like he's good on the mic. He's he's good in the ring. Like, and then they had like some really amazing Adam Cole, another really you know he's good he on the be, mic. He might be in AEW. Yeah, he's going to be in AEW. <laughs> yeah. Like that's not a secret. Yeah. Like it's going to be the power couple. That's going to be him and Britt Baker doing stuff because everybody knows that they're together outside the. Like that, that they tried that kayfabe with with um with QT Marshall and the Bunny, and it didn't really it didn't really fly for them. So I don't think they're going to do that again. I think AEW is good because they learn from their mistakes. They make a mistake, they go, eh, we're not going to do that again." So yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Word. All right. So uh, when does the Kickstarter launch, boys? When are we doing that? September eighth. September eighth. How you Wednesday. feeling? How you feeling? How you feeling? Ugh. Um, I feel, so I feel good about it. I feel good about the book overall. Okay. Um, I think it's a fun book. I think there's not, there's nothing out there like, like it right now. Um, I feel just it'd be about Kickstarter in general. I mean, it is my first one. Oh, uh, I was getting one. ready to ask that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's our first one. I mean, our goal is super low. Um, you know, we don't have a lot of frills with the campaign. Like it's pretty straightforward for the most part. There's okay. a couple of like, Art tiers and things like that, but nothing crazy. I think we have what Pete like a total of seven, um, six or seven tiers. Yeah, seven counting the retailer one. So, so yeah. this being so, this this being your first venture into Kickstarter, have you have you talked to any Kickstarter uh, veterans, if you will, some friends that have run Kickstarters to get some advice? And if so, what was the best piece of advice that you've gotten? So uh, I talked I talk to two different people. Pete and I talked to uh, Easton Daverna, who did Samurai Grandpa. Um, he just did A Guardian. He's about to launch another one. Okay. Um, we talked to him just kind of about like logistics. And he, he said the same, pretty much the same thing. Um, he said, just keep it, keep it as simple as possible. Like keep it as bare bones, like just make and make sure you're accounting for everything. Because he said when he ran his first one, which I think is a book called Howl, he like didn't account for shipping and it like he had to come out of pocket for it. And it was the whole thing. That's a big um, thing other... not to account for. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, 
the other person I spoke to about it was uh, Scott Brian Wilson, who did True Cult uh, with Liana. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and he said he was like, because they did like merch, they had merch out the yin yang, like t-shirts, yeah, uh, keychains, stickers, pins, like everything. Yeah, hey, look, he's repping True Cult. Um, yeah. He said he's like, whatever you do, like don't do the amount of merch that we did he said he was getting like <laughs> shipments from six different vendors at yeah. one point so he would have to just wait for all this stuff to come in before he was able to pack it up he was like just you know try to be aware of that he's like if i if i do this over again i wouldn't do um as much merch there like, is cool where we have like no merch <laughs> there is a delicate balance between too much tchotchkes and like bare bones and get my our strategy the word bro strategy for kickstarter has always been if it doesn't fit in a comics bag because when you bag and board it we're not doing it like if it's bigger than that that there's no point unless it's a commission that the artist can send themselves and they know how to do it i will let the artist send the commission every time because they know how to pack it they know how to do all that shit if it doesn't fit in a gemini box we ain't doing it and it's yeah, very it's very rare that we go outside of that parameter. I mean, even just... with prints, like because that's not a reward that we really like anymore. We 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 liked it at first, but then what we found is that with the prints, like when we did prints for Metal Shark Bro, like people were complaining they were too small. And I was like, Well, it's gotta fit in there. like and so it was Bobby. We we're like, it's gotta fit in the box. So it's not that we want to give you small prints, it's that if we give you a large print, then we have to find a way, a different way to ship it. And They'll also say, the post office will also say that that's not media mail. So like, it's gotta just be books, printed material. So you gotta be careful with all that stuff. So yeah, it, it, and again, like you're saying, it raises your shipping costs. So it's, it's Kickstarter is a bunch of lessons to learn as a creator and self-publisher. Yeah, I, I, I have to say doing the math when we, when we started to get the, you know, the Kickstarter, you know, stuff all squared away uh, was, was not fun. <laughs> at all because it's because it's all it's all theoretical right like how many people how many people are going to back what tier at what time you know and you know if you have if you have 20 more people back this tier than this tier you know that that skews your math off so it's basically like you you have to you have like these these gnarly spreadsheets that account for like 40 different scenarios and then you kind of have to steer everything toward like you know the most desirable one it's um it, it that was interesting um it's hard not not the best way to spend a thursday um <laughs> that's for sure um, you know and, and we went through like i you know went to my local uh my local post office i called uh the, the post office like main customer line which that's an hour and a half of my life that was <laughs> honestly, honestly kind of well spent, but it's like, you know, you're going through all these numbers and you're like, okay, I'm getting some good information. The very last thing the lady says on the phone is, uh, oh yeah, by the way, price increases are coming um, uh, August 29th. And I can't, I can't speak to what those will be. Okay. It's like, okay, I, cool. Good to know this whole hour and a half. <laughs> though, <laughs> you could have just said that. You know, <laughs> yeah. You know, you could have started with that. Um, that would have been cool. Um, but good to know that it's raising, you know, a week before our Kickstarter takes up. <laughs> That's fine. Now, now, is that something you guys accounted for, like, in, in the Kickstarter? As best as we can, right? Like, you, right. we don't know what those increases are going to be. Um, you know, we, um, 
we, we, we tried to keep everything about the campaign humble, you know? So we figured, you know, we know, we know how much a media mailer is going to be. We know how much our shipments are going to be currently. Let's assume it goes up, you know, uh, a small amount. I think we did good with that. Um, I hope I'm not wrong. Well, you uh, just, oh, you we, gotta always leave yourself a little wiggle room, like yeah, well, yeah. You know, just add on an. What's your goal? Okay, add on an extra five hundred bucks, just yeah. <laughs> just in case your math is off somewhere. You know. Yeah, so. and I think I think we're gonna do solid with that stuff. I don't think I don't foresee us running into like any hiccups. Uh, I think. Um, but yeah, I'm confident on it. All right, man. I I like. I don't know if it's a false bravado, but either way, I dig it. So I'm, I'm rooting for you. Now this thing launches September 8th. It's called the Bardic Versus. Now where can we find you guys on social media? Matt, you go first. Uh, yeah, so you can find me pretty much everywhere at Mattman Begins. So like Batman Begins, but with Matt with two T's. Very clever. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Pete? Um, mine is less clever. Uh, it's uh, PAC, P-A-C, illustration. Um, same thing on all social media. There you go. So that's that. Guys, man, this thing launches September 8th. We're really rooting for you. Good luck. We hope everything um, everything works out. I'll be in New York City for NYCC, so maybe we'll, tr- we'll try to get together. We'll, we'll grab, some, yeah. gra- grab some pizza or something. <laughs> Hell yeah. Grab I'm some in. pizza and talk wrestling. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Sounds like, a, sounds like a wonderful night. Well, gentlemen, thank you guys so much. Good luck on your thank Kickstarter, you. and we'll talk soon. Yeah, dude. Thanks, thanks so much. Of course. All right, that was Matt and Pete. Their book, The Bardic Verses, is on Kickstarter September 8th. Go there, check that out, and get yourself a copy of that book when the Kickstarter launches. Good dudes, good dudes, good dudes. Yeah, you're going to want to go to the Kickstarter page and sign up for when it launches, which was September 8th. And that way you'll know when you can get your copy of the 80-page masterpiece that is The Bardic Verses. Well, you're calling it a masterpiece, Kevin? That's... I'm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna. Like yeah, you have to go far, man. You have to. You have to go far. You have to go. I far, love man. the confidence on your end for that. The masterpiece. I like it. It's got. It's got to. It's got to be. It's All right. Be. Well, there you go. You can't go wrong. Um, we have next week on the podcast. We'll have Kyle Starks on. We're gonna talk about the um, the sidekick book that he's got out. The the the, the, the six, side. six six sidekicks of Trigger Keaton. Right. I got it right here. It's six. I believe it's six. The six sidekicks of Tre- uh, Trevor Keaton, excuse me, Trigger Keaton. And then we're also going to talk some wrestling because we have a, um, what is it? A, tw- a Twitter? A Twitter chat, yes. We have a Twitter DM chat that's just all about wrestling. So, um, the, yeah, so we're going to talk some wrestling with Kyle Starks and talk about his new book. So that'll be fun. Um, so, yes, yeah, so we got a lot of cool stuff happening with the Word Bros podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, we'll be back next week with more fantastic Word Bros and Kyle Starks. And, yeah, you're going to want to tune in just for that because Kyle's got some hot takes on it's wrestling. Too, it's too sweet. You're listening to the Word Bros podcast, thewordbros.com.